This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode 397 for the week of February 28th, 2016. Man, we just missed being able to say it's for the week of February 29th. We're recording on the 29th, though. We're late. Welcome to Konzenshu. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite. Konzenshu. That's right. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening a little bit of entertaining. It's Mike and Heath again. Hey. Howdy, y'all. What's up, dude? I already asked you because we've already been talking. And it's one of those things like you're I know. a podcast. You have to feign interest in the other person, even though I don't really care. Well, Mike, since we haven't talked yet, I'm doing that's, fantastic. How are you? That's great. I am lovely, sir. I'm enjoying a fine wheat ale. That's right. We've been <laughs> trading beer choices beforehand. Uh, dude, Dragon Ball Super is kind of weird right now. It's kind of weird. And uh, I don't know what else there is to say about it other than... We kind of saw it coming. I don't know. Did we? Not not some of what is happening did we specifically see coming, but we kind of, from the beginning, was like, man, this uh, production could be a little bit on the rocks for a while. We thought they kind of, you know, really tuned it in pretty good for a little bit, and now we're seeing a lot of changes, and it's kind of interesting. As of last week's podcast, we thought things were kind of back on track. Uh, that is what we're talking about this week. It's going to be one of those weeks where the news is its topic. And I think it's going to be a, a rather short and concise episode. We're going to talk about two pieces of news that broke this week with regard to Dragon Ball Super. And one of them is that last week's news appears to have been taken down. So we'll get to that. Um, I was kind of joking on Twitter. Uh, it seems like we're about to be due for a what the hell just happened to Dragon Ball Super podcast episode a la our in 2011 what the hell just happened to dragon ball kai we should do like a novel series of a like a behind the scenes tell-all for kai and super and just kind of a tell-all from people who aren't actually involved and aren't mm -hmm. actually there well not a tell-all from us we would just make up what's oh, just happening as if we were there sure. okay well yeah. i like that that might actually be good reading so let's just get into it it's kind of a, a crazy situation all around so we'll do some non-super news that's usually super news anyway and then we'll go into the bigger news because it's a week about super So what do we have that is not Dragon Ball Super related? I think the only thing is Extreme Butoden, the Nintendo 3DS game over in Japan, got another patch. They are up to 1.3 in Japan. I was able to download this and check it out. Another four Z-Assist characters. Uh, two very expected characters. One, okay, makes sense. He's been around for a while. And one that is kind of like the toss away, but is also kind of the greatest inclusion ever. So Extreme Butoden, if you don't know, is... Uh, I think it's the, still the latest video game for the franchise, not counting all the multiple iterations for Pog games and card games, whatever's going on in Japan. I kind of can't keep track of what's listed in V-Jump every month, man. It's like, I know there's Discross, I know there's Heroes, there's IC Cardas, but then there's like some other thing and I can't remember what it is ever. They always throw in a bunch of little random things here and there. And what's crazy is that it's not entirely different from how it's always been. If you go back like 10 years in VGM, and I'm getting off track, whatever. I'll pull it back around. You'll see. <laughs> if you go back like 10 years in VJump, there's all those random one-off mobile games, like pre-iPhone mobile games and there'd be advertisements and blowout features on them those are just completely lost to time so all the little handheld 
video games. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, like, not even Nintendo, not even PSP stuff. Like, all stuff for feature phones and early smartphones in mm-hmm. Japan. You just don't see that stuff anymore. Anyway, pulling it back around, Extreme Botoden, four new Z-Assist characters. Shampa makes sense. Vados makes sense. Super Baby... Th- I was about to say three. Super Baby 2. <laughs> is there a Super Baby 3? I don't think so. I think there two is, is now. <laughs> uh, Super Baby 2 makes sense from Dragon Ball GT. Uh, been included in many games uh, over the years. Dragon Ball GT. Uh, the inclusions always seem to be more notable and well-received outside Japan. But then the fourth new Z-Assist character, Skei-san, the Invisible Man. Jake. <laughs> I-, I was actually going to make that joke. Like Jake is now an official Z-Assist character. And it's fantastic because the only thing you see are his two eyes. All right, Jake, it's time to update your avatar. I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, Every time we post about these patches, and I think it got to a a fever high with 1.2, 1.3 thing, people are expecting to be disappointed here. None of this stuff has been localized outside of Japan. It seems to be completely dead, completely forgotten. We asked Bandai Namco early on when uh, patch 1.1 came out. They never responded, so I'm going to take that as they don't care. And uh, unless they can tell me something else, I'm going to interpret that way. So I, I don't know what else to tell you. I think that's a fair interpretation. That's the only thing that is not Dragon Ball Super related this week. Uh, What do we want to hit? Let's hit the non-show stuff. I actually just posted this today. Shueisha's listing for the first collected manga edition of Toyotaro's Dragon Ball Super manga. Uh, That got updated with the page count. We were talking about that last week, how uh, conspicuously missing was a page count. And then they did update with the digital release date, just like Dragon Ball SD for the last two years, the digital release date. This is about a month after the print release date. Heath, let me ask you before we get to page count and more speculation there. I was kind of thinking about this. Do you think the reason they're doing a later digital release date is to try to get around the perfect digital piracy of it? Even though at this point, the print scans are going to be online a day before anyway. And at this point, it's already online from the V-Jump scan. Well, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know that it's going to, you know, do anything really to, to hinder that but i mean it is it, it is possible maybe it's just all in their head like uh we think this is going to help the piracy i don't see what is the point of holding on i guess the point is sell more dead trees i'm all for that because i have a bookshelf i know and, keep throwing them on there filled. so let's go to the page count uh again comparing to dragon ball sd exactly the same at 192 pages so i busted out excel did a massive spreadsheet comparing page counts and what could be included last week i think you and i just decided that the easiest and most obvious thing for them to do would simply be collect chapters one through ten, call it a day, maybe include the two page bonus chapter from uh, the Jump Victory Carnival Mm -hmm. book. Because they're all, what, about 30 to 31 pages? No, most of them have been about 19 pages. Oh, that's right. It was only this previous chapter that was 31. I don't have the number in front of me right It was 31, because I remember it was right on the cover. Right, so the way that I kind of ran down my spreadsheet, if you include chapters 1 through 10, and then if you assume chapter 10 is going to go back to 19 pages, and then if you still include the two title pages from chapters 1 and 5, which had their own special color title pages, that perfectly equals 192 pages that leaves no room for the two page bonus chapter unless you get rid of those two title pages or don't 
count those two title pages. Uh, that leaves no room for the Resurrection F manga. Those all three chapters are about 30 pages each. Something else we were talking about was, well, maybe they do one through six-ish and then include the three F manga chapters. Maybe they do one through five and finish up the F section that he never did because it was only introductory. Uh, I mean, going down the spreadsheet here, looking at the pages, it really continues to feel like one through 10 call it a day. I have a feeling that's what they're going to do. I mean, it just makes the most sense. It's what's out there and it's what's been advertised as Dragon Ball Super, Super manga. Yeah. Logically, I think that is the route they will go. And we're only about a month out from it at this point, but like SD for, again, the last two years, we don't actually know the exact contents until it comes out. Um, they are very secretive in a way with not exactly outlining what the chapter contents are going to be on these books. I've noticed this and it's been really odd for the past about year or so. Anything that's Dragon Ball related, they don't put previews up that mm-hmm. you can view on Shueisha's, you right. know, preview site. Any other series like uh, One Piece comes out with a new Tonka Bone, you can go preview it and see like the cover, the yep. table of contents, and then part of the first chapter. Anything Dragon Ball related anymore, even all the full color comics, this, uh, you can't preview any of them. So you literally have to buy them. To figure out what's inside Mm -hmm. because we got away with it for a while or you could just go preview it and be like, okay, that's the contents. Now I'll buy it a little bit later. And we're lucky if we get that cover art maybe two days before the actual release these days. Yeah, they haven't even been giving it out to Amazon Japan, which is, you know, they notoriously leak things way early. Mm -hmm. But Shueisha just has not been giving it to them. It, It almost appears on their website a day or two before it even appears on Amazon Japan, which has been really weird. So I'm not sure what is going on, but they're being really tight about it, that's for sure. I guess it's just more (laughs) what's going on with the production of everything here. Yeah. So that's the manga. Nothing else to say about it. At this point, this is, we will just have to wait until uh, April 4th, is it, when it comes out, and Mm -hmm. we will see what's in it. Um, Maybe someone will be lucky and grab it a day or two ahead of time, and we'll find out there. Let's move on to uh, other stuff. One more voice update. Uh, I think we all basically expected this. Yusei Nikau back as Frost. Yeah, I I can understand some people and their sentiments toward, oh, they missed a chance to go a different route. And I can see that, but it just, if you know anything about the industry, I mean, they're just going to go with what they have. It, it's worked forever, and that's what they're going to do. He's not dead He's going to come back. I mean, there that's pretty much how it goes. zero chance. Yeah, zero chance it was going to be anyone other than Nakao. The only thing I would have questioned is, say, Frieza hadn't already been in the series, and we didn't have a movie about it, and it had been so long since Nakao had returned to voice him. Then I probably would have questioned a little bit more, but, I mean, he was he appeared in Dragon Ball Super, like, what, four or five episodes ago? So... <laughs> I think if he had not been in the show recently, I actually think the opposite. I think it would have been a more obvious case for him to still return as the voice of Frost. Yeah, I could see that. I just feel like I would have been more open-minded to the fact that, oh, it might not actually be him. No, no, it was always going to be him. I expected it to be him. There's no <laughs> way that you would have done. Because you're in love with him. I am totally in love with him. But I, and I, I've seen some criticism of uh, the performance here. It's been one episode i've only watched it once um and we need to have more time with the character to really learn who this character is and see if he plays him uh any more differently than he probably could but i just want i want norio wakamoto to come back 
at some point. They need an excuse to bring him back. That's a tough one because he does not play Cell like he did. I know. The way that Nakao does still play Frieza the way he did. But that's the thing. It would, you know, I'm not saying bring back Cell. Find an excuse to bring him back to play somebody else because then I wouldn't care that, oh, it doesn't sound like Cell. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think you can have Wakamoto play anyone else. Oh, no. Mike. He's not a versatile guy. No, he can only be Cell. I'm saying that from my perspective, but also as a a casting kind of thing. He's not like one of the one off people. No, no, no. No. No, don't listen to Heath. What does he know? There's your quote for the day. Do we talk about this quote from Sumitomo in the uh, Dragon Ball Super soundtrack? He's a fan of Dragon Ball. I learned that. Yeah, he likes Dragon Ball um, and he hopes you give him support. I don't know, man. It's it's such a generic comment. Well, and a lot of those are, especially ones that come out with albums. Yeah. I mean, it's such... They're meant to hit such a broad range of audience that... You can't really be too specific or you don't want to alienate anyone. No, you're not going to get any hard-hitting information out of a comment from an official soundtrack release. You, you go down the list of, thank you very much. Uh, it's an honor. I've been a fan. We're all working hard. Please continue to lend your support. Did I, I nail really it? I thought he should have put like a P.S. I didn't steal any of this. <laughs> like That would have been just hilarious. That would have been pretty good. Although that's kind of in contention at the moment as well. But we won't get into that. You know, maybe he did write that at the bottom of his uh, scribbles and they decided not to include that. All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes here. Heath, let's first do a follow up on what we talked about last time on the show. And that's King Ryu, who uh, that, that's a pseudonym for whoever this person is, we gave a little bit of his history there, um, had put up a blog post of his own, uh, of his own volition even, saying that he had been named the series composer, which uh, again, we need to point out, doesn't have anything to do with music. That's just the way that title works. So that blog post doesn't exist anymore, huh? It does not. I'm not exactly sure when it got taken down, but as of yesterday, when I checked, it was gone. We've gotten a lot of comments from people about it um or questions per se we're not exactly sure what it means but if i had to read into it i'm personally just taking it as a yeah we don't really want you to make that so public can you take it down uh one of those we we don't want to actually acknowledge that there have been issues to warrant there being a series composer exactly um Mm, and then part of it too is also he's not officially credited as such in the tv series and series composer uh kind of like i said composition is essentially head script writer is is the best way to actually think about it so you can almost kind of see it just by looking at all the upcoming episodes and and see that he has been the script writer for almost every episode since the champa arc started Mm -hmm. so i think in that way it's kind of clear uh it so it'll be interesting to see moving forward does anyone actually step in and do an episode here or there does he get a break or is he literally as the series composer he is writing every episode so we'll kind of see um but i wouldn't be too uh jump the gun on this because i even i had some people ask me on twitter earlier today you know do i think he got booted off in some way and i don't i don't see that happening at all but that's just me i think that would be way too brash of a move to just promote someone and then out of the blue, out of nowhere, just, 
yeah, w- goodbye. Yeah, they're having enough problems as it is that to take vengeance on someone is just kind of kicking their own ass. It well, and it's, it's something that we've seen before where someone just makes a comment. Um, we've seen it from Funimation, um, people posting things and not quite realizing what they're saying or a picture they're <laughs> posting of something, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. And Gee, what when everyone goes, hey, oh my gosh, you guys have that. Oh, crap, delete. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's very common within the industry for that to happen. So I wouldn't read too much into it, but it is definitely interesting that it was just very quietly removed. All right. You mentioned one other thing to me about his blog before we started recording. So can you explain what was going on and what is now going on? So even leading up to uh, King Ryu posting about his promotion, per se, to series composer he had been kind of somewhat reviewing the episodes as they had been airing a lot of it was hey here's the next episode preview here's who wrote it and whatnot it's really been toned down as of late more of a promotional tool more or less rather than somewhat of a review so i don't know if someone really got on there and was like we want you to take this blog post down and can you really tone down critiquing? Things only get more interesting from here. Oh, joy. What else is going on with Dragon Ball Super Heath? Well, amongst other things, as of the 33rd episode, which just aired the other day, um, I don't normally review the opening credits near as much as I review the ending closing credits because a lot of times those are very episode specific and once a series begins you rarely see something major happening to the opening credits which is typically reserved for more series type staff yeah as opposed to episodic staff right um you know music and opening theme and that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff uh gt had a lot of changes throughout but if you go back to say the original dragon ball it virtually all 153 episodes, the opening credit, I mean, literally stays unchanged. Dragon Ball Z had a little bit difference because they switched up terminology and oh, okay. it was 291 episodes. So there were a couple turnovers when they hit the 200 episode mark. But anyway, for Dragon Ball Super, you know, it kind of slipped through for a little bit and our buddy Jacob kind of caught on and said, hey guys, did you notice this? Um, Morio Hitano, who has been an episode director for episodes 6 and 14 for Dragon Ball Super so far, which is his only affiliation with Dragon Ball to this point. So just Beerus stuff early on and then right. in between stuff, okay. Um, has been promoted basically, or appointed the lead role as series director alongside Kimitoshi Chioka. Yeah, Chioka was a name we got from the, like, literally the first announcement of Dragon yes. Ball Super, right? Which was really exciting because he had done storyboarding on Battle of Gods. Um, a lot of people were familiar with him because he famously has done a lot of very good storyboarding for episodes in theatrical films. So we were really hoping this meant good things for the series, and what's really odd about this is at the point that this is happening, that Hatano is essentially taking over because he's credited as lead in this new credit, which normally does not happen. But Chioka at this point has not storyboarded 
or directed a single episode of Dragon Ball Super. That's crazy. I just pulled up uh, our initial post about it um, back when it was announced on uh, April 28th. Uh, the new TV series will be directed by Kimitoshi Chioka, and we noted there. Uh, we had three other names at that point, actually, so it was four names total. We had Osamu Nozaki from Fuji TV and Naoko Sagawa from Yomiko Advertising as producers, and then we had Aitsushi Kido from Toei Animation there. Mm-hmm. Um, Chioka being that first fourth four total names there from the very beginning it was like very public very right there always right there and here we are 33 episodes in it's kind of like a never mind yeah it was it really caught me off guard because i mean we were expecting some things were kind of changing behind the scenes but i personally thought that was more in the script writer department as far as king ryu right right uh, kind of being promoted I didn't really see this coming because it's not very often that you see two series directors and there's a lot of speculation as to why this is happening. And I don't know how much of that you want to get into. Well, let's toss some of those out there and then maybe we can evaluate whether or not we think there's any truth or, I don't know, validity to them. So more often than not, when you see someone be promoted to series director, it's alongside whoever is currently the lead director. Um, And it's an indication that they are not able to properly manage uh, the series all by themselves, Uh, meaning that there's just too much going on and they're having a hard time keeping up because at one point in time, there are typically four episodes possibly even five under production all at once uh so it's an ongoing thing which is why you have various different teams working on things and your series director oversees all of it so we know that they've been having scheduling issues and trying to keep up with things so that's also part of it but then i also feel like that's not quite the case just from the fact that morio hitano now is the lead because typically when you come in just to assist in keeping track of a series and manage it you don't automatically get bumped into lead you are behind the lead and you're just there to assist essentially assistant lead, yeah assistant to the lead sure and one thing that has been brought up and i i purposely did not include it in the news post because i did not want to really throw the speculation out there without there being any solid evidence of it all right so we're kind of putting it in context here as we don't really think this is a thing or how do you want to phrase it yeah i think that's a good way to put it um i think this is more of the forum that we could have this discussion because it's a lot easier for me to explain why i don't think it is sure (laughs) than in a news post you get tone of voice along with it all right Mm -hmm. sure so one thing that often happens at Toei is when a series director kind of, I don't want to say steps back, but their responsibilities lessen and a new series director steps in and kind of takes over is because the lead director is now heading up some sort of other project, whether or not it's related to that specific franchise or series. It just means Mm -hmm. they have less time commitment and they need someone to step in. So an example here could be, like, we know there's a new One Piece movie. And I'm not, mm-hmm. we probably already know who the staff for that is. But say there was a One Piece movie. Say there was a World Trigger movie. I don't know what else Toei has right now. There's a new movie coming out. And whoever this person was, well, now they need to be working on that. So we need someone else to come in and help a little bit. Right. And I can clearly see where the stretch of logic here is that I think you're going to go with. And that's, well, maybe there's a Dragon Ball Super movie gearing up to be in production. And... Chioka needs to go work on that. Right. 
which is one theory that has been floating around. And I just, I hate speculating on that openly in a news sure. post that's yeah, it's filled with for facts. Because I don't want anyone to get misconstrued that I'm pointing this out because I think it's a fact. Right. And I hate to say there's not, that's not the place for it when I literally did just that with the Dragon Ball Super or manga volume. But I feel like that had more concrete things to point to. This is just like totally baseless speculation. And we've had a lot of issues with rumors of new movies. Yeah. Why would we even (laughs) do that? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I just, I could see that being a possibility, but I don't want to make that leap at this point without anything more to really back that up, I guess is where I will leave that. So... What do you think is happening, Keith? <laughs> so then the other possibility is not only is he not able to to manage it, but everything's become such a mess that he said, do you need to get somebody in to help? Or I, I don't want to say he told them he's going to walk or anything, but mm-hmm. he's definitely having issues with certain things. And I, I will preface this by saying things that are out of his control, uh, just pre-production has been taking so long it is really hindering all of the animation and other processes it's eating up so much time that everything has become so crunched and this is terrible hold on i do want to talk about that let's go back Mm -hmm. to the literal beginning something we've talked about dragon ball super was announced in japanese and in english yes and this is how we've talked about this with literally nothing to show remember we didn't even get a logo for a while and then it wasn't even the final logo then we got a corrected logo Mm -hmm. like from the very start it's been there's a show coming yeah think like that's how it's always felt from the beginning so let's take it further to what you were just talking about what have been some of these let's call them problems if not just flat out normal differences in the production schedule um, maybe compared to other shows or even compared to the original version of the show okay um so kind of like you mentioned from the very from the very beginning, things have kind of been questionable as far as scheduling and production time, um, almost right off the bat, kind of like you mentioned. And what's really been starting to happen is it's become much more apparent. And a lot of it is actually resulted in um, animators and staff members taking to social media and more so not people that work directly for Toei, but freelance animators mm-hmm. that have been subcontracted complaining about how little time they have to do things and things like that. I want us to make that clear. This isn't just us speculating based on the condition of the episode. This is literally people who literally work on the show that literally live over there. I hate to use that word over and over, but it is the case. These are the people giving us not just the evidence, but the facts. And we have been hearing for a while from from other sources that that was the case and then a lot of these animators and other staff members have really kind of stepped forward and just said oh you know don't judge my work on this because i was only given <laughs> right so much time to do it and i think most recently oh, i can't remember who it was that posted it but uh said yeah i i had 10 days to do layout checks on key animation and that in the industry is may sound like a lot, but when you're doing an entire episode, 10 days is really, really short, especially when you're doing revisions. And a lot of times it mm-hmm. sounds like the animation director or supervisor has very little time to even do any corrections. So they just pick the most major ones they possibly can 
and call it good. And so is this all kind of what happened with episode five, uh, the notorious infamous episode five? Yep. I will say they've done a better job of covering up having these days. I don't like how they're doing it because they're using a lot of motion and blur effects as people are fighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I know what they're trying to do. But how much of that is also related? I hate to pull it back to some of the stuff that we saw in Kai, mm-hmm. but um, toning down the flashing lights, which of course still stems back to the Pokemon oh, incident, yeah. but toning yep. down kind of the levels on that and um, not so much strobing, um, that's probably playing into that as well. Yeah, I that's think part of people it. People just aren't used to seeing that in Dragon Ball because it's been so long. But a lot of what's been happening, that's that's kind of the gist of it, essentially, is. Things have been changing in the pre-production process so much and so late in the game that it's really cramping the actual animation process and they just don't have the time to do what they need to do. And I've even heard from people that have messaged me on Twitter and Facebook and, oh, I that's a terrible excuse and I hate it. And I just, I don't know what to tell some of those people. Um, just because you, you don't have time. So how are they supposed to create more time? And that's always been a hard question to answer because there's really no good way to do it. Do you want to have an every other week series? But the way Toei works, that doesn't really help them out much because what Toei would do then is, well, now we're going to pitch you off on another series because now you have what we essentially think of as twice the time to work. So, exactly. You go yeah, back to Sailor Moon Crystal for the ultimate example of what happens when the show goes every other week. Nothing changes. Right. Um, I think it's really important what you were saying there is the when we answer this, um, and I've coined this term, the Dragon Ball Super Defense Force. I don't want it to come across that way. Don't misinterpret our explanation as being this corporate defense for Toei, because I think we're all in the same boat as everyone. Oh, like definitely. We want the show to be awesome. We want it to be amazing. We want it to look great. We want it to sound great. And we're just as unhappy as everyone else when there's a shitty animation day. That being said, not 33, but 32, I had a fucking great time watching that episode. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I don't know. Like it's a tidal wave week to week. That's probably yeah. you don't want to talk about tsunamis <laughs> with regards to Dragon Ball in Japan. But all right. That was poor choice of words there, Mike. Sorry. It's just, it's been interesting because for so long, there hasn't been, I want to say, probably because the series is so old as it was, that when it did come over, yeah, people noticed it, but it wasn't, it, it was thought of more, well, this show is old, so it's okay that it had bad animation days, and oh, it's just so funny mm, now, yeah, yeah. look at it. But now that it's recent, it's current, and I've seen so many comments of, oh my god, it's 2015, it's 2016, this should not be happening. And it just seems like, um, I don't know, because I don't want to really diss on anyone or anything, but that's a really bad way to look at it and kind of reflects not much knowledge of the production process, which I don't want to blame anybody for, because unless you're really into it, I wouldn't go searching for it either. But um, you kind of have to understand and maybe feel for at least the animators and some of the production staff, because... A lot of them are very upset with it as well. They do not like what's happening, but they don't have much of a choice. It's hard for an animator to have a job when it's already hard to get a job and just say, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm out of here. Now I'm going to go live with my parents. You know, like, 
Right. What are yeah. they supposed to do? I hear you. Yeah, it's definitely, you don't have to love it, but maybe have a little compassion at the same mm-hmm. time. All right. At this point, um, I do want to start wrapping it up because I'd love for it to be a shorter episode that I can easily crap out this week. So let's turn it over to Twitter. Um, we asked out there, what do you think needs to happen with the production of Dragon Ball Super? Uh, if anything at all, maybe you don't think anything needs to happen. And we got... <laughs> A ton of responses. We got so many responses here just in the last, what, like two hours. Uh, there's no way we can read them all. Yeah. But we'll uh, kind of pick and choose as we go through here. Um, so I'm just going to kind of start at the beginning here. Uh, Nosa, I think it is. I want them to slow down. Unless something big is coming, it seems they're rushing the tournament too much. I think that's a response to the Goku versus Botamo fight, which mm-hmm. was half an episode. It was um, so fast. I could not believe how fast episode 33 was. Yeah. It just, so many things happened that you felt just needed to be drawn out more. And man, they flew through that. I was almost really surprised just from the fact that uh, Dragon Ball Super Chapter 9, up until that point, they had been kind of staying in line with the manga and kind of pacing it out. Man, they just flew right past that. And now in a month, you're like, gosh, how's Chapter 10 going to go? So this will be interesting. And we don't know if Chapter 10 is going to, again, go back down to about 19 pages or stay up there. All right, let's just keep jumping around with comments here. Awesome possum. I think this goes back to what we were just talking about, Heath. Take a month break. Yes, ratings and cross-promotion are very important for super sponsors, but come on. Uh, Heath, like you were saying, yeah, they could take a month off, but the way this industry is run right now, that just means they're going to work four times as hard on four other things and not, not work on super for a month. That solves nothing. It's just kind of the way of the industry to not do that unless you are already doing that from the beginning, because then you're kind of admitting that you screwed up and they do not want to do that. You know, it's kind of the save face sort of thing. All right. Powerful Lou Man. Two part tweet. Uh, People broke the uh, cardinal Twitter rule with multi part tweets, but we'll let it slide this time. Let King Ryu have fun with telling whatever story he wants, but keep it paced well. And in terms of overall production, have someone slap Sumitomo's hands next time he gets on that keyboard. <laughs> there you go. That one's from Mike. I think we'll come back to uh, Sumitomo stuff there. Um, we have uh, Soapfish. Toyotaro's manga version is amazing. So the pieces for greatness are all there. The show just needs an actual animation budget. So how do you want to answer the budget question there? Because is that necessarily the issue? I mean, of course, you want to pay animators more and you want to pump more money mm-hmm. into the show. But is time more the issue than the actual paying for it? Yeah. At this point, the way everything seems to be going, no matter how much you paid anyone at this point, isn't going to make the show vastly improve if they don't have more time. Yeah, they can love it all they want. They're already pulling insane hours. Yeah. But I guess the, the the counter to that would be, well, look at what happened with One Punch Man. Those were animators that ostensibly working for the same rates, you know, across the board with freelancers and in-house employees. I'm talking a little bit out of my ass here. But people look at that and say, why did that look so much better? How do you respond to that? Better preparedness, better planning, yeah, um, better planning pre-production. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, I cannot stress enough how much pre-production plays such a crucial role because when you start an episode, at least a production process of a single episode, it all hinges on how the pre-production process goes because that's where your story is established, your storyboard, mm, sure, and sure. all of your animation is going to be based off your storyboard. 
And then those are given out to all of the key animators who come up with layouts that establish all the keyframes and the backgrounds. And then from there, almost nothing changes or should not change. And what we've been finding is animators have been posting uh, keyframes that they've drawn all the way to completion that are not being used. Things that are being dropped, things that are being changed. Um, characters that were designed one way and all of a sudden the episode is now another way. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are the things we've been seeing on Twitter, which really leads one to believe that things that should have been established in pre-production are now being changed in the middle of... Oh, so late in the game, yeah. Yeah, that it is changing everything and it's having a huge ripple effect and it's just cutting down on so many things. Um, and it's really sad to see because a lot of them, from what we've seen, are very passionate about it and they want to produce a very good product, but they just can't. They're being hindered. And that's, to me, what is really sad to see because these things should be panned out ahead of time. And it, it really goes to show how much pre-production is just crucial and hopefully having two series directors and an actual series composer that can write better scripts, at least consistently, hopefully helps. And I think that's what they're shooting for. And that is at least one good thing to see is that it does appear that they realize they have issues and they're trying to correct them the best they can. Yeah. Whether it's going to work or not, I have no idea. Yeah. Only is, time will really tell. Is throwing more people at it uh, a solution for mm-hmm. you still don't have enough time? And I guess uh, one thing to even point out is, you know, episode 33 just aired. And this was the first episode that Morio Hitano had been credited in. Mm -hmm. Well, just based on production schedules, more than likely he was promoted right around the same time that the Shampa arc actually started premiering. Mm -hmm. So it almost seems like when the Shampa arc went into production, they got partway into that and said, oh, man. We are having huge issues, and that's when he was promoted. Mm-hmm. So, again, it goes back to that pre-production process. So, that's one kind of interesting thing that I got out of it. Anyway. Uh, Saiyajin Slayer says, scrap the show and make movies instead. If only. If only. That is one option. I just, I don't see them scrapping a show mid-production. Because that would admit so many things that they probably don't want to admit. And they're already so vested in everything. Yeah, yeah. one can hope. One can wish. <laughs> well, let's do one more because I could read uh, comments about Sumitomo until the cows come home. And I did appreciate receiving all of those because uh, when you validate my feelings, you get on my good side. But Richard says more imaginative fight choreography, not treat their biggest international success like it's just another kid's show. That's tough because it literally is just another another kid's show. Um, but yeah. I, I feel like, like we've been saying for a while now, Dragon Ball really is more than that. You look at the success it has worldwide and um, it, it does warrant being treated better and planned better than it is. I don't think anyone's happy about it, but uh, that's the situation they've put themselves mm. in. And I feel like they're stuck now and we're stuck as fans and that's tough. And then, you know, we should say there are plenty of people out there that are really enjoying it. And I've enjoyed watching most of the episodes. There are some that definitely, yeah, the animation takes you out of it. The musical score takes you out of it, what have you, or anything that you find you want to nitpick about, you know, because everyone's going to be different. I definitely agree that the choreography is one thing that has just not really hit home, especially in this 
recent few episodes. Yeppers. I don't know. One one thing that you kind of brought up is how, well, the last tweet brought up yeah. international the show is. And still to this day, it, it astonishes a lot of people that there's been no simulcast or yeah. anything like that. And again, I think that really does go back to a lot of forethought for this happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I got into a discussion earlier that someone said, well, this is all uh, Bondi's fault they were pushing this and we, we know that's not the case because bondi no. would have had a completely different series if they got their way in 2009 exactly and the fact that this aired when it did i still kind of my gut tells me toriyama kind of came up with this idea of maybe thinking ahead for another movie or something and fuji tv had a time slot open because kai was ending and this thing got rushed so fast that this is what is happening now as a result of basically jumping the gun and hey let's do this we got to do it really fast you know it really makes one wonder if they would have just okay let's produce another show for like six months you know a short little series and give ourselves a nice lead in into production of this no way they were and they're not gonna waste that time slot on an experiment oh no 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 so i'm just saying it would have been really interesting if that actually would have happened and kind of seen a little bit of a difference in the series but who knows one can wish but them's the breaks and um let's bring it to a close there uh i feel like we explained things and uh per the norm we didn't really answer any questions we just gave more questions to think about and we oh no that's just how we roll here it's so weird though because you'll watch one episode and and you're so happy you're like that was really fun i enjoyed that and then the next episode you're just like what was that it It really has been like that last mm-hmm. week to this week it's been like a, a coin has flipped and it almost makes you wonder like i wonder if this is what syndication was like back in the 90s there's no way to compare it though because i know while there was an internet there was no social media that is the i know that is like the defining thing about the way that dragon ball super is airing today it, it changes everything it changes the way that fans express their opinions have their opinions validated back at them have their opinions shoot up and spit back at them mm-hmm. uh the way that like we were talking about some of the production staff can actually air some of their grievances about it um like we were talking about with king ria's blog post going up and back down this stuff never happened because it could not happen during the original syndication of dragon ball or if it did happen it was like on a radio interview that nobody was recording right so there's no documentation of Mm -hmm. it what's going to be really interesting moving forward now is is dragon ball super going to blow past well is a tv series going to blow past the manga it'll be really interesting to see how some people react because then the first time you're seeing anything new is going to be through the anime Mm -hmm. so that'll be kind of intriguing yeah and it'll really make you wonder if a lot of the things that have been happening in the manga that everyone's been saying oh they're changed in the anime is that going to kind of flip-flop or is it now going to become so consistent because the anime is now so far ahead (laughs) that toyotaro now knows what they're (laughs) what toei is doing something to write based on yeah yeah interesting interesting stuff www.kanzenshuu.com that was konzenshu we ended up doing pretty much a normal length episode anyway and we could go longer if someone i don't think there's anyone (laughs) 
If someone would let, what is that? Someone me? I do Maybe have to go. I'm not. I'm not naming names. All right. But. Uh, I feel like it's impossible for you and I to get together and record a show that doesn't uh, dip below 45 minutes. It's good for everyone. <laughs> everyone except me, because I'm the one who makes the damn thing. And because you're on the East Coast, so you're an hour later than I me. am. Yep. So it's time to go crash with Futurama. Heath, anything you want to talk about on the site? Um, we have new stuff coming. You know, I'm doing lots of cleanup right now. We are. I've been doing a lot of cleanup, a lot of jumping around. You can pay attention to that if you want. Nothing super major, but it's been kind of nice. All I've been doing is finding more CDs that I think I need to purchase, and it's a dangerous rabbit hole to go down. That is a, a downward spiral. And it's all Sumitomo music, right? No, no. There's only one thing. I already own it. No more. Oh, there will be no more. more, my friend. And you shall own oh, it. I'm sure there you will shall be. own it all. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I've accepted my fate. So we gave the site address. That's Heath. I am Mike. We got a Julian. We got a Jake. This has been 397 of our podcast at KonZenshu.com. We will see you next time for a slightly more different topic. I, I think it's about time we do something that is not super. People are clamoring for super content. I think we've delivered in spades here over the last few weeks. I'm about ready to uh, go back to something completely different that has nothing to do with production um we'll have what? to come up with you're not gonna go topics. with my topic no i'm done with you i actually need to find someone else to talk to fine i see how it is heath wrap it up thanks for joining us everyone this has been podcast 397 only three more left and we're like 400 years old right that's how that works yes every episode is a year it's like dog years or cat years but podcast years hey!